I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I. <laughs> Welcome to Kids Birth Tales. My brother's name is Ozzy and I'm Die Boy. Thank you for missing from Mommy's podcast. Kia ora and welcome back to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I am your host Jordan. If you are new around here, I'm a mum of two. I've got Jai who's four and Ali who is two. I also have a business baby, Your Birth Project. If you're pregnant or you know someone who is, make sure you send them the link to Your Birth Project. It's going to help you to create your best birth. It is a hypnobirthing course. It is online. Don't let the word hypnobirthing turn you off. It is absolutely going to help you to create your best birth, no matter what kind of birth you're having. It is inclusive of all birth types and you can use it in pregnancy and postpartum too. So make sure you go and check out the course. You'll hear Cass talk a little bit about it in her episode today because she is actually a Your Birth Project mum and she used the course to her advantage in her beautiful birth story, which wasn't exactly as she planned and she talks us through why that was and how she sort of got her mindset in the right place for whatever was to come. So I hope you're going to love this episode. I would absolutely love to hear from you if you want to find me at Kiwi Birth Tales or at Your Birth Project on Instagram. I'll also tag Cass in the show notes so that you can find her because I know you're going to love her after this episode. As always, I am so grateful that you have chosen to have me in your ears today. And if you're tuning in as a regular listener, then welcome back. If you're new, thank you so much for choosing to listen to Kiwi Birth Tales today. I hope you love the episode. And yeah, make sure you let me know what you think in the comments. I'll let you enjoy the episode with Cass now and we'll talk soon. Hey Cass, thanks so much for joining me on the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast today. No worries, thank you so much for having me. No problem. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Yeah, so my name is Cassie Skelton. I post on social media about mental health. I talk mainly about my own mental health and like how I manage that and just see if people can relate kind of thing. I do that because I studied counselling and I also volunteered at Youthline so I understand like how to manage your mental health and I think the education of actually like managing it isn't massively talked about we talk a mm-hmm. lot about mental health being something that we should talk about but then everybody's like ah what are we meant to be talking about so, like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> trying to add a little bit more education um, and resources into the space by kind of openly speaking yeah. about my own experiences um, and in my mm-hmm. family we have me and my fiance Nick and then we just welcomed our first little baby in together yeah amazing I cannot wait to hear all about it because I've been following you on social media for ages (laughs) um so yeah really looking forward to getting into your story but why don't we start with the journey to pregnancy for you and Nick perfect well we um so we've known each other for like five years we met on a rooftop bar in Wellington like the night before homegrown (laughs) (laughs) random ads 2018 yeah. Um, and I really liked him then, but we were just real, like, in completely different spaces. Like, I was 22 and he was 26. And I feel like that age gap feels massive when you're 22. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But then, like, now 27 and 31 was when we actually got together. And then it didn't, doesn't feel like a big age gap at all. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we reconnected at the big end of 
2022 and then started dating and then decided we wanted to get pregnant straight away because we decided we're both like very driven know what we want people and we're both like we want to be parents so mm-hmm. <laughs> that was exciting yeah. we started trying I think we started trying in February and got pregnant in February so <laughs> very quick yeah um yeah, which amazing. was exciting for both of us yeah so then we were just pregnant which was super fun <laughs> um yeah did you do anything special to tell Mick or did you take the test when he was there uh yeah so like I I had felt like I was pregnant for weeks and I'd taken like two tests already um and then my period was ended up being like four days late and then I was like no I have to be pregnant like this is so weird mm. um so then I took the test and I was at home with Nick and he was on the phone to his mum so I like didn't want to see him like when he was on the phone <laughs> to his mum so I like snuck from the bathroom into the lounge and then I told him and he was like what are you serious and then I realized that I had actually been pregnant every time I had taken the test, but I didn't read it right. I had, like, watched Juno when I was little, and I thought mm. it had to be, like, a cross. <laughs> but it did have just be two lines. So I'd have been pregnant, I think I was, like, seven weeks pregnant. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love it. And how did Nick react? He was so happy. He, like, cried. Like, he's, yeah. he's such a little – he's so emotional, and I love it. He's so sweet. Yeah. He's just so excited. Um, and yeah, I think we're both like super excited and it was kind of, it was so, we felt so blessed that obviously it was so quick, um, but also mm. like surprising when it happens that quickly. Cause you have no yes. idea when you start trying, yeah. like, could this be yeah. a year? Could this be a month? Could we wait seven weeks? And then like, mm. there we are, like, it's just so mm. random. Yeah. 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 Amazing. And how were you feeling in yourself during your pregnancy? Did you have many pregnancy symptoms in the first trimester? Yeah, so I felt like it was like after I did the test that I started feeling really nauseous. Maybe like a week after finding out that I was pregnant, I started getting quite bad morning sickness. Um, and then it got real bad. Like I think it didn't stop till like week 13. Yeah. Um, and by then I was like, it needs to stop. I need to eat. Because I think that's the hardest thing about it is like not being mm. able to eat. And you feel obviously you're pregnant. So you feel like you've got this responsibility to look after your body and like make sure that you're nourishing it right for the baby and everything. And then you just feel so guilty at that first trimester mm. when all you're doing is growing up. And like so many days, like I couldn't stomach anything other than like a bowl of cereal or something like that. Yeah, it's crazy, right? How your like body can get nutrients to your baby, even when you're like barely eating or you're eating like white bread and noodles (laughs) literally I remember somebody was like don't worry your body will literally take everything and give it to the baby so you're (laughs) you're getting nothing but like yeah actually like it's they're okay and I'm like yeah that's comforting also concerning (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure awesome and did you decide to go with a midwife for your care yeah, so we wanted, I wanted a home birth, um, just because I don't really like hospitals, so I, I talked to my friend who had a home birth, and she put me in contact, she called her midwife, who she had, and then her midwife wasn't available for my due date, which was in November, so then her midwife contacted her other midwife friend, and she was available, so, and it was so, like, we were super lucky, um, the moment Mel, our midwife, came over, she was just like an angel, and me and Nick loved her, and it was so nice mm-hmm. and easy yeah yeah awesome very cool and did you do the standard testing that's offered to you in New Zealand and did you want to know the sex of your baby no we didn't get any testing done I didn't even really I missed my 12 week scan to be honest I missed so much stuff because I was just like I don't know I just preferred to have like less information and like less Mm. stuff that I could get stressed over like I was like there's nothing like I was just like there's nothing that would really matter that would like 
change the way I feel about this I just I want to Mm. go in as blind as possible kind of thing because I think my number one priority was like me being calm so the baby was calm like that's kind of was my logic throughout it so yeah we didn't get any testing done we found out his sex at 20 weeks so that was exciting yeah 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 and did you want a boy or a girl or you were happy for either I was super happy for either. I've always, like, just known I was going to have a boy first. I don't know why that is. Like, I'm just like, actually, to be fair, like, a couple of my tarot card readers have told me that I have a boy first. <laughs> so yeah. probably that, like, confirming my suspicion. But I would have been, like, me and Nick both said, like, we both thought he was a boy. So when we, like, read it and he was a boy, we were like, oh, it would have been a cool surprise if he was a girl. Like, just because that we wouldn't have expected <laughs> yeah. it. But we were so happy, obviously yeah yeah amazing and how were you feeling throughout that second trimester like did you feel the pregnancy glow that everybody talks about I think I felt like I think I struggled a lot in my second trimester I think probably mm. the most like because like in your first trimester you're sick and you stay at home and you're just like Ugh, you feel physically ill but then in my second trimester yeah. it was a real mind game like I couldn't fit my clothes but I couldn't really fit maternity clothes it, we were in the middle of winter so I didn't want to buy mm new winter clothes you know and then like there's so much more expensive it's not like just buying a nice flowy dress or something yes. like that they can have your bump yeah, and yeah. you have to actually be buying stuff that fits so then I ended up just wearing track pants for like weeks on end just <laughs> like mm-hmm. wouldn't get out of my track so which was fine but I think that all kind of started playing a toll on me especially mm-hmm. like just it being winter in general like the winter blues plus being pregnant yeah and just like figuring it out I think I yeah I definitely didn't feel the pregnancy glow I felt that in the third trimester I think the tr- yeah. third trimester was probably my favorite yeah um, because it felt like it was so soon like it, you feel like you can get excited and everything like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And you're sort of like in the middle in the second trimester and it's funny yeah. because some people I talk to they're like I love it I was glowing I felt amazing but I can so resonate to like oh my god like my clothes don't fit but I don't want to buy like new stuff and I just feel a bit like average <laughs> Yeah, because it's a real, because you know you're about to, like, get so much bigger. So there's no mm-hmm. point buying, like, clothes that just fit you and your second mm-hmm. trimester. You kind of just yeah. tough it out and don't have anything to wear for that <laughs> yeah. section, which I think was, like, yeah. I feel like it would have been, if, next time I get pregnant, maybe I want to, like, be in the second trimester in, like, summer-ish or, like, coming towards the end of summer because of that I can yeah. wear, like, dresses and stuff. Because, yeah. yeah, I think that was the hardest thing, like, not having stuff to wear. And I was, like, I just started being, like, an influencer. So I was going to heaps of PR events, which was, like, <laughs> like it's already a new experience where I was feeling yeah. really self-conscious. And then I was, like, oh, and I don't fit anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. And what about, so you said that you wanted a home birth because you're not a huge fan of hospitals. Um, so what did you do in the way of like birth education? Did you do any antenatal classes or anything that sort of helped get you in the mindset that you needed to be in for birth? No, nah, we, oh, we didn't really do anything. Well, I did the Your Birth Project, which I found really helpful. But other than that, I just like talked a lot. Like I, I feel like I was like real like lean on my village the whole way yeah. through. Like I wanted to yeah. hear about people's actual experience that I knew and that yeah. would I think also, like, when you're talking to somebody that knows you, they're going to cater the way that they're talking to you. Like, they're not going to give you this box experience where they're going to be like, oh, yeah, like, this was okay and this was, like, bad, but this wasn't that bad. So I just talked a lot. I, like, talked to my cousins and stuff like that. I talked to my midwife. Um, I talked to Dana from Birthcraft who reached out to teach Nick how to do some pregnancy massage. So, (laughs) but to be honest, I don't really have that many questions. Like, I, I try to, like, think of pregnancy and birth as like 
quite a natural, straightforward process. And it, then yeah. I always realize like if something goes wrong, I'll learn then. Like somebody can yeah. tell me then. Like I don't want to go and I don't want to go in too educated and then be stressed out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so in preparation for a home birth, were you thinking like you might want to have a water birth? Like did you look into birth pools or anything like that for at home? What were your sort of thoughts there? Yeah, I really wanted a water birth. I thought that looked like the most calming and relaxing. So we looked into water we like looked into hiring birth pools but then I was like I don't want to hire a birth pool for like 300 bucks and then something happened because you know like mm. when you're doing a home birth everything has to go perfectly for you to execute yeah. it at home the moment there's yeah. like one little niggle you have to go to the hospital so I was like I don't really want to spend 300 dollars for me just like worry about that I don't want to spend 300 dollars and then something go wrong and us not be able to birth there so then I ended mm. up just like talking to my midwife I was like can I just buy a paddling pool from like Bunny? <laughs> yeah. like, and she was like, oh my God. She was like, you can, but like you have to be careful about like how warm it is. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like we'll just do that. So then, yeah, Nick just meant to might attend and like pull like a paddling pool. <laughs> it was I like a big pool. It was like handy as, and then we set it up downstairs. Um, And I had fairy lights and it was so beautiful. And Nick like set it up and filled it up. Like I think maybe mm. when I was like 37 weeks. And yeah. I like got in it and we just like had like a little bit of like a play around in it, like just like getting into the space and like, ex- I was, yeah. like explaining what positions I wanted to be in. Um, but then we didn't even end up getting to use it, which was really upsetting. Yeah. 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 And was before we get into that, <laughs> was yeah. Nick on board with a home birth? Like, did you have to talk him around or was he yeah happy to do a home birth from the start? He was all into it. He, like, loved it yeah. from the beginning when I was set up. He was like, yes, of course, which obviously makes a big, like, big change. I don't know if I would have included yeah. it or really pushed for it if Nick didn't feel confident, you yeah. know? Like, you're yeah, looking yeah. at them, like, so much during that. Like, I just wanted yeah. him to be on board with whatever we did. Um, and yeah. he, he was. He loved the idea of it. He loved setting it up. He felt so useful. I think that was something that we definitely struggled with during the pregnancy is, like, giving Nick's jobs like he, mm. he was like I need tasks like I need stuff to do I feel so left out yeah. right now you're doing all the yeah. mahi and all I can do is like clean the house a hundred times and make dinner and he was just like <laughs> I'm bored so when when it was like time to set the pool up he was like yeah just don't worry Cass you stay here I'm just gonna go sort that and he like loved doing it and setting up the food yeah. lights which was really cool for him to feel real involved yeah yeah amazing and were you working at the time like did you have to go and parental leave or anything at the end of your pregnancy or what did that look like for you um we chose for me to work part-time throughout my whole pregnancy because I had just started a full-time job at a marketing agency um but it was just we really wanted it to be like a calm first pregnancy because we kind of talked about it and we want more than one kid and like I'll never get to do my first pregnancy again like it's might as well make it as calm and relaxed as possible so that I end up having like a real good mindset around pregnancy and everything so I worked part-time my whole pregnancy which I think definitely contributed to me loving being pregnant because if I was Mm. tired I just got to nap during the middle of the day or I'd sleep in or you know like it wasn't super hard on my body yeah 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 so then I think I went on I think went on parental leave at like 37 weeks I think nice cool yeah awesome and were you doing anything to like prepare for birth around like raspberry left tea or dates or antenatal expressing like all of the stuff (laughs) that you can find were you doing any of that yeah I did the tea I drank heaps of tea probably like three two or three cups a day 
lots of dates. Like I made like these stuffed dates. You know those ones on TikTok where they're like peanut butter. Oh yes, yum. (gasps) Yeah. So good. Like I put like peanut butter, cranberries, and cacao nibs inside the dates and then coated them in chocolate. So they were so fun. And also Nick had so many. And I was like, your cervix doesn't need to be softened. (laughs) Get away from my cervix saviors, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I was just like, you do not need a soft cervix. Give me those dates. Um, yeah. But those are so um So I enjoyed doing that. And then lots of – I, like, stayed real active in that third trimester. Like, it, during my mm. second and my first, I was real chill and, like, didn't really move much. Like, but in yeah. my third, I really got up for it and was going on lots of walks and, like, using the stairs and everything like that. So I think that that definitely helped. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And take us through those final few weeks of pregnancy – how were you feeling? Where were you at from a mindset perspective? And yeah, take us through it. I was so excited. Like I wasn't <laughs> scared at all. I was really lucky. I grew up and my mum used to always talk about childbirth. Like it was the easiest, most natural thing she ever did. Yeah. Like, and everybody would say that about my mum. Everybody would be like, oh, she was born to make babies. She's like a baby machine. Like she would just <laughs> breeze through pregnancy, breathe through childbirth. Like that was just her thing. And so like growing up, hearing that consistently, I think was really mm. helpful. So like, I never was really that scared of it. Like I was just really yeah. excited to obviously meet my baby. Um, it got like, it's real weird though. In those like last weeks on your first like pregnancy, you like, there's so many false starts. I feel like we had so mm. many false starts because of Braxton Hicks. Like I was like, yeah, like, I think it's, I think we're starting, I think we're on. And then it would be like, not it. And then I'd be like, yeah. a couple of days later, I'd be like, no, I think this is it. And then like, not it, like, which it can be so yeah. disheartening. Cause like towards the end, I was just getting so over because you just, you're stuck in this limbo. You can't, you don't really can't, can't make plans with anybody, but then mm-hmm. sitting at home makes you feel like miserable. Cause you're just like bored and then going out, you're tired, and then you don't want to go too far because you are just, like, super hyper-aware of, like, what could happen. And then I feel like me and Nick just spent so much money because we were like, should we go do something? <laughs> like, should we go for lunch? Or, like, let's go, like, try yeah. do something. And, yeah, I got pretty over it towards the end. And then Nick ended up booking me this pregnancy massage at this pregnancy spa, which was so nice. And he was like, <laughs> She wants this baby out ASAP. Like, do whatever you can do to, like, push do this Do your magic. Yeah. yeah. And then the lady was like, oh, I know exactly what I'll do. So she had, like, what's that essential oil smell, like, all of the things. And, like, yeah. gave yeah. me this magic massage. And then I came back from that massage and I felt like I was ready. Like, I really felt like I was like, hmm, something's changed in me. Like, I feel like I'm ready to go into labor. And then I went into mm. labor that, that night. The contraction started. And Amazing. I was like, I thought I was like, mm, can you write down the time of these contractions? And Nick's like, yeah, do you think it's it? And I was like, I don't know. I'm not going to like say that it's it, but I think maybe. And then yeah, by the morning I was like, yeah, I think we're a little bit on here. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And was every, everything still tracking okay for your home birth in terms of your pregnancy? Oh yeah. So that's the thing. So like, it was like a week. Yes. I always forget this part now. Um, <laughs> but like A week before I gave birth, little nug like stopped moving and like my midwife had just given me this massive speech about reduced fetal movement and how important it is so like for an entire day he just like wasn't really moving and I was like weird Mm. so I called her and she's like we have to go straight to the hospital went to the hospital they checked him he was still like heartbeat's all good everything's all good but he wasn't moving and they were like we take that really seriously because like they Mm. can't communicate with us any other way other than with them moving 
and he yeah. had been so ridiculously active for my whole pregnancy like he was really mm. like he was playing karate in there like he had just had my <laughs> space like I was like what are yeah. you doing so it was real noticeable and then they were like if it happens again tomorrow come back in so it happened again the next day went back in then at that point like even on the scan he wasn't moving so yeah. they were like look, this is getting pretty serious. Like, we have to start talking about inducing you. Like, you'll need to stay in hospital. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, I was like, please don't. I was like, if I have to stay in hospital for the next three days and then I get induced, like, and then that induction could take another, like, two days. Mm. Like, Mm. that's almost a week of me just feeling miserable. And this is, like, it's not – there's really no point. Like, we live real close to the hospital. I felt intuitively that he was fine. Like, you know like I was like there's nothing wrong with him I don't think that there's anything wrong with him and they're mm-hmm. like yeah we don't really go off you thinking that and then so then I like my midwife really advocated for me to be able to sleep at home which was yeah. such a game changer um so we got to go home and sleep and then we came back in every day for the next like two or three days for them to just check and monitor him yeah and then on the third day we saw another doctor and he scanned him, and then he saw his position was, like, facing in my placenta. Like, he was mm-hmm. facing – he was head down, feet up, facing inwards. And so all of his movements were being, like, taken on by my placenta impacted there. So that's why I wasn't feeling them. And I was like, see, right. that makes so much sense. Like, that's mm-hmm. exactly what I said. And he was like, yeah, so um, you don't need to be induced. Like, we're happy for you to try to go into spontaneous labor. But if you get to, like, 40 – then we might start having to talk about an induction again. And I was yeah. like, okay, sweet as, all good. Um, and then I think it was like two days, two or three days later, I went into labor. But over that time, my midwife was like, yeah, you can't have a home birth because of this. And I was like, oh, pretty upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was so excited for it. And also like we'd had a real cruisy pregnancy. So like, yeah. it, like throughout the whole pregnancy, you're getting more and more confident that yeah. you're going to get this home birth. And then I got to 37 weeks and then I was like, oh, perfect. Like we're in the clear, like let's go. And so for that last, literally the reduced fetal movement in the last week to kind of take that away was pretty disheartening. But I also was like, I don't want it to ruin my experience, like yeah. I was still allowed to have a water birth. So I was like, well, then that's still like half of the thing. The main thing that I wanted was a home birth and a water birth. If I can still have my water birth, yeah. then that's all good. Um, so, yeah, that was like a little bit disheartening. But I also, by that point, I was just so keen to meet him. Like I just was like, oh, mm. I just don't care. Like, <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And so how did you or like what did you do from a mindset perspective, like knowing that you could still have a water birth? Was there anything else that you planned to do in the hospital for your labor? Like, did you were you allowed to labor at home for the most part? Like, what did that change look like? Yeah, so they said that I was allowed to labor at home for as long as I possibly could. And I was like, perfect, sweet. That's what I want to do. I just want to make sure that I'm laboring to the absolute maximum at home. Yeah. Um, and going in at the last minute because we live so close and they're like yeah mm. you can do that that's fine so I was like sweet I'll do that so yeah I just labored the whole morning at home and kept it really calm and I think that made such a difference to my mindset because like by the time we yeah. got to the hospital I was so calm and I felt like I had executed lots of my home birth plans anyway yeah. you know yeah 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 for sure amazing okay so let's get into it your labor starts after your pregnancy massage talk us through the contraction starting and then yeah into your labor and birth story I'm excited 
It was so good. So yeah, so I woke up that morning after my pregnancy massage and the contractions had happened like probably once an hour while I slept. Like I woke up like five times and I slept for like five hours. So I was like, oh, like I think we're, I think we're a bit on here. And then I was like to Nick, I was like, we should go out for breakfast because I remember like watching this TikTok of this woman saying like, make sure that your partner eats during like the day that you go <laughs> into labor because yeah. you won't feel like eating, but they won't eat because you're not eating and they're like focused on you. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that will so be Nick. So I, and I wanted to like just slow everything down. I didn't want it to feel like we were waiting, you know, that we mm. were like standing around kind of thing. So we went out for breakfast yeah. to our favorite cafe down in Devonport. And it was so nice. Um, I like barely ate. I had like a bite of my sandwich, but I was like just excited to like be a part of it. Mm. Um, and then that kind of just talked about like what it was going to be like and how different it was going to be. And like, you know, kind of celebrated the last date, I guess we had yeah. before he arrived. Um, and then I got home and then they were getting closer together. And I sent Nick for a run with our dog mm-hmm. Romeo because I was just like, he needs a run, you need a run, like, let's just chill out and stuff, and Nick did not want to go, he was like, I don't feel like I should go, and I was like, I don't think they're gonna come, like, right now, like, they're still pretty far apart, so he went for, like, the world's quickest run, I think he was, like, only, like, 15 minutes, and I was like, I don't know if that counts, Nick, but okay, and then we just labored at home for ages, bounced on my ball, I stayed real active, like, I was walking up and down the stairs, doing laps of the house, like, anytime I wasn't, like, having a full-on contraction I was like walking around because that yeah. was like something that I really wanted to do was just stay as active as possible and kind of like let gravity do yeah. its thing yeah and then we I like wanted to wait because I was getting like the get fed meals delivered for like our postpartum period and they were meant to be getting delivered that day so I was like holding out for them to be delivered because I didn't want them being left out because it was food and Nick's like we are not waiting for that like we need to start like going to the hospital and I was like, ah, okay. But then they arrived literally like 10 minutes before we left for the hospital. So I was like, how good. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, like by the time we left, my contractions were maybe like three or four every 10 minutes. Yeah. And like they were getting pretty intense. And Nick was like, okay, we are going. And lucky we did because I think on the way to the hospital, I had probably like three or four again. <laughs> and then we get to the hospital. Nick's like in full like airport dad mode do you know what I mean like he's like (laughs) getting the bags like he's so focused and then um he like gets me a wheelchair and I was like oh my god no I cannot go on the wheelchair because like you feel so embarrassed because you just look so dramatic like with your giant belly and like your contractions (laughs) yeah Yeah. no like this is so embarrassing he's like sit down like there's no way you're gonna be able to walk Mm. all the way to like the room like be real so got, got my little wheelchair like having contractions on the way in and then we get in and our midwife was stuck in traffic so we like got in and Nick was straight away to the people they were like he was like can you fill out the bath now and she's like yep okay fill out the bath I like set up Nick sets me up like a little corner in the room for me to just like labor on the floor like I didn't really want to be laboring on a bed that I can't really move around on you know like it's such a small surface area um, so he just like got me an exercise ball and there was like mattresses on the floor. So I just like laid it on the floor, like took all my clothes off. Like I'm such a naked person. Like I hate wearing clothes. I was wearing like a bikini top and nothing else. Cause I was just like, yeah. you just feel like you just hate it's such a, it's a, I feel like it's such an intense sensory experience. Hey, cause like your whole mm. body is like feeling it. So For I was sure. like, get everything off me I hate clothes <laughs> yeah um, and then we're like there and I was like making a real effort to make sure that anytime I was contracting I was like 
on my knees, like leaning up against the ball so that the gravity was like doing its thing. Um, and then I had the pins machine on, which was doing, obviously doing such a great job. Um, and then my midwife got there and checked me and I was only three centimeters dilated. Yeah. Which was like the worst thing. Mm. And I, like that made me super happy for the Your Birth project because I remember that being such a big thing that stuck out to me. When yeah. you said like that doesn't actually matter. Like there's, it's, yeah, yeah. there's no actual telling. Like they have their own little thing to go off, but it's your body and it's your birth. So yeah, you can't listen to that. And like even though like I knew that, it's still so disheartening because you're just like, yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah. And like I was in so much pain, and then she was like. Yeah, so you're not actually in active labor. Like, we wouldn't mm. count this as active labor. We would usually send you home. And I was like, get out. Like, how the fuck? <laughs> what do you mean? And I was like, yeah. real disheartened. And then the moment, and she was like, if it makes you feel better, like, I had a woman like this that was like this for two days. And I was like, in what uh, world? No. <laughs> I was like, are you new to this? Like, why would you say that? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but then Nick was real good because the moment she left, Nick was like, she doesn't know shit. Like, you're, <laughs> like, this is your birth. Like, this is your body. Like, you're in active labor, Cass. Like, you can't listen to her. Like, look at you. Like, your contractions could not be getting any closer. Like, that doesn't mean anything. Like, honestly, like, don't listen to her. Like, he just, like, gassed me up. Heaps. And then he was like, oh, my God, Cass three centimeters is peeps like you've done so well and I was like shut life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com was like your oh, also when she checked me she was like your water hasn't gone so you're still like, your water's still there like so you're still a while off do you want some like codeine and some sleeping pills so that you can go to sleep and I was like yes get me out of here like this is ridiculous um because like at this point in my head I'm so confused because like the, the whole way up until that point everything was running the way that I had kind of thought it would run and where I was at with my pain and my contractions, I was like, I'm surely close to having this baby. Like, there's no way that this could get any more intense. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand this. Like, my body isn't yeah. telling me that we're seven hours off. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, so I was getting real disheartened. And I was like, am I about to ask for an epidural right now? Because like, I don't know if I can handle this for much longer. Like, this mm. is wild. Like, if this is meant to be seven more hours, like, what do you mean? Like, it was just a real confusing time, and I was, like, running through everything, and I had never been, like, I'll never get an epidural, but it just wasn't really what I thought was going to happen, like, and everything was going the way that I thought would happen, and then her saying it's seven more hours, that really, like, it just messed with my head so much, so I I took the codeine and the sleeping pill, and then I was, like, oh, I need to pee, so I went to go pee, and that's when my waters broke, Um, yeah, and that was, like, the most dramatic thing ever in the whole entire world, like, when your waters <laughs> break into the toilet. <laughs> yeah. It sounded so hectic, like, and I was so scared. I was, like, to Nick, I was, like, oh, my God, what was that? And Nick's, like, it's not the baby. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was, like, oh, okay, okay. Like, and then my midwife was, like, it's just your waters. Like, don't worry. And then they yeah. checked the waters for, like, meconium or whatever. They checked for it. Hey, mm-hmm. to see that it's not, like got the poo in it 
And yeah. then I was, they were like, it's okay. Like, that's a really good thing. And I was like, oh, cool. And then like, after my waters broke, like things just stopped like really hurting. Like it was real random. Like mm. it was completely like the whole experience of the contractions was so different to before yeah. it. Um, yeah. And I was thinking about this actually today. I was like, maybe that's why they were hurting so much. Is obviously it was more because my water was there, not because it was just the baby. It was like the yeah. weight of all the water. Yeah. Because it, yeah. it was like wild. And then I went back to my little labor spot. Um, and then I think there was like heaps of blood or something. And then like, yeah, there started being quite a bit of blood. And they're like, oh, that's like a really good thing. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, oh, I need a poo. And she was like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, no, I just really need to go poo. And she was like, no, you do not. Like, you need to, like, she was like <laughs> that might be your baby. We need to check. She was like, if that is, like, that's a really fast progression like it would be a new record yeah. and Nick's like yeah Cass, Cass always sets records like she's just like, <laughs> yeah. she's so supportive it was so cute and then she like checked me and she's like yep your baby's head is right there like that you mm, definitely wow. that's like a pushing sensation yeah and I was like oh okay and then Nick's like okay can you get the bath ready like that needs to get sorted and she's like oh yeah okay we'll go make sure that the temperature's right which is like so good looking back on it because if I had gotten checked before Nick had made them fill up the bath they wouldn't have filled it up yeah yeah they would have been like no she's only three centimeters and then there's yeah. no way I would have been able to make it for my water birth because I, I needed to push like then like it was such an intense urge um but they were like don't push just wait until you get in the bath and I was like okay so yeah. they went and like sorted that and that maybe took like five ten minutes and then I just like walked over jumped in the like took the tens machine off jumped in the bath and then everything was so smooth sailing once I was in the bath I was like on all fours pushing push like once on all fours and all like almost got his head crowning but then was like tried again just couldn't do it and then we had talked about Nick being as like involved as possible so he was like checking Nugget's heartbeat in between yeah. contractions and everything and then um where you had talked about how if Nick got into the bath with me and he was behind me then I could like have my legs up on the side of the bath and like use him to like push against yeah because the midwife said that that worked really well for another mother that she had done. And then, so we were like, okay, we'll do that. So Nick just jumped straight in. And the moment he was behind me, he like, I pushed him out within like one or two pushes. Mm -hmm. And then we both like pulled him out of me and like put him up on our chest. And it was like really cool and beautiful. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And do you remember like the actual fear, like people talk about the ring of fire. (laughs) Do you remember that sensation or like that actual feeling of him being born? No, like, it, I don't remember that at all. I think maybe because of the coding. I, I don't really know. Maybe it was a coding mm. of a sleeping pill. but Or, like, the fact that I was just, like, in the zone. But I don't really remember the ring of fire. Yeah. Like, I honestly, I think the pushing part was so easy. It didn't hurt for me at all. So yeah. I don't know if that was the raspberry leaf tea doing its thing or the mm. coding or, like, the water birth. Like, the, the moment I got in the water, I remember, like, my whole body felt so relaxed. It was such a intense pain relief I think like I wasn't you don't expect water to be as useful as it was but I think because that part of it was so concentrated like it was I think I was only in the bath for like 15 minutes and he was out Mm. so it felt really like oh water sensation feeling calm feeling relaxed then he's out so I didn't feel the ring of fire I was expecting to but that bit was so quick and I think it was obviously Mm -hmm. being in water it felt just super easy like it felt real natural and my body just felt real jelly I think yeah yeah amazing and did they pass him like did you and Nick sort of bring him up to your chest or 
yeah talk us through the next little while yeah so me and Nick both got to like pull him out so because Nick was behind me so he reached over me and I grabbed him and we both just pulled him out onto my chest and then he just like he cried pretty straight away mm. and he had the cutest little cone head because he had mm. been like sat in my pelvis for like three weeks <laughs> he was yeah. like literally such a cone but he was so <laughs> and he was real clean because he obviously a water birth and I was like yeah. is he meant to be this clean isn't he meant to because I thought that stuff that's on them is like really important so I was like yeah. where's this stuff like <laughs> yeah yeah awesome and did you birth a placenta in the pool or did you get out and do that Nah, I, they were trying to get me to. They were like, okay, like, can you, like, do you feel like that's pushing, like, can you push out your placenta? And I remember being like, because you're so frantic. I, like, pushed. And I was like, I didn't I didn't push it out. I just weed. And she was like, okay, <laughs> you can, like, get out of the pool. And I was like, yeah. sorry, Nick. And Nick's like, I really couldn't get this right now. Like, there's, like, yeah. other things going on. <laughs> like, okay. So then we walked back over and then... I think Nugget was on me for a little bit and then when I was like pushed, then they had to give me a, an injection to get the placenta out and she was like, okay, yeah. we have to give you an injection. And I was like, is it going to hurt? Like, <laughs> you just feel, I feel like you feel so sensitive after you give birth. You're oh just my like, God, no yeah. more. Like, yeah. no more hurting. Um, yeah. And then, so she gave me the injection and I just like, then I managed to birth it and then I just like chilled out for a bit. Um, and then we got into latch, but like my nipples were just not, they were like recreation only. They were not like, cause I've got inverted <laughs> nipples. So they like yeah. weren't producing anything. They weren't looking different. So la- he was latching, but nothing was really coming out. Um, and then we waited for my actual midwife to arrive cause that the midwife that we had was her colleague. Yeah. So then Mel arrived and she stitched me up and we were like bantering away and then I got, I got to go home like three I think you just have to say for like four hours after they're born so yeah we just stayed for four hours and then we got to go home yeah amazing that is so cool and how are you feeling like obviously you've come to the hospital to give birth and like you're leaving so soon after with your baby that's so crazy <laughs> so how are you <laughs> feeling taking him home and yeah talk us through the next 24 hours I was so excited to take him home. Like, we were really lucky because, like, Nick's mum, my mother-in-law, she's a nurse at the birthing centre in oh, Bethlehem. Cool. So she's, yeah. like, a veteran. Like, she's so good. Um, and she's obviously had four babies, like, Nuggets as her, her ninth grandchild. So she's so onto it when it comes to babies. So we felt real confident because she was with us. Yeah. So she was great. Um, and, like, Nick was really supportive. So we went home. We just, they let us go home even though he wasn't latching because I had said, because I'd said from the beginning because of my inverted nipples. And I've been told so many times by so many people that, um, like breastfeeding is like impossible and a real nightmare mm. if you have inverted nipples, which is so annoying, like to know, like to have everybody else kind of taint your experience before it even yeah. happens it was like kind of upsetting. But I also was like, I don't want. If it doesn't work out, I don't want to, like, really grieve and mourn it. Like, if it doesn't work out, yeah. it doesn't work out. Formula's amazing. I, like, I obviously think there's such a beauty and power in breast milk, but I'm also not – I wouldn't let that upset me and make me feel not good yeah. enough, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. So I had already said because, that, like, my nipples were so inverted um, that I was happy to breast um, formula feed them over the night until my milk came in. 
Yeah. So that was really handy. So we went home and then you're just like, you've got so much adrenaline just like pumping through your body. I was like, just couldn't even sit still. Just wanted to hold him all the time. Then we'd like put him down to sleep in his little co-sleeper next to us. And I just kept on checking him, like would not mm-hmm. stop checking him. Mm-hmm. And then Nick was like, you need to sleep. Like this is like, not beneficial. Mm-hmm. I'll sleep with him downstairs and you just get a full night's sleep just so you can actually rest. Yeah. And I was like, you sure? And he was like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. So then he went downstairs and I had like a full night's sleep, which was so good. And I think nice mm-hmm. for Nick as well. Like I already felt super bonded to him. Like I know some people feel like they have to have them on them. I just was like pretty chill about it. Like I knew that it would be cool for Nick as well to have him. Yeah. So Nick had him for that first night. And then in the morning I woke up and I was shocked at how much pain I was in. I was like, mm. What is going on? I think you just yeah. like, you don't think about it at all. Like logically it makes a lot of sense, but. I personally didn't think about it. And I woke up and I felt like I'd been, like, hit by a bus. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what is this? This is such a wild feeling. And yeah. then Nick, then I, like, managed to, like, waddle downstairs in so much pain because we've got stupid stairs. And I woke Nick up and I was like, I'm in so much pain. And he was like, oh, okay. And then he went and got his mum to come and, like, watch Nugget while he slept. And then yeah. Nick just, like, showered me. And just, like, helped me get dressed and everything. And then I just sat up on the couch for, like, the next three days, just having everything <laughs> brought to me. Like, as yeah, like, Nick's mum and Nick just kept on bringing me little nugget and I – and, like, they'd bring me food and everything like that. So I was, yeah. I was really lucky in the way that I was able to recover because I just stayed in one spot the whole time and everybody else did everything else, which was so nice. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. That is how it should be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just like, what? But it's so, I feel like it does kind of play on your mental like, load. Yeah. You feel like you should be this mum, you know, like you've just given yeah. birth and you feel like you should be this mum. And like, I didn't even change a nappy for the first three days because I couldn't stand up for that long. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And were you doing anything that, like, apart from the obvious rest, was there anything else that you found helpful? Like, I know some people use, like, frozen pads or different sprays and stuff like that was there anything that you were using in that initial postpartum period yes I got the Viva La Volva set um oh nice Perry bottle and the padsicle gel and the penereal spray and the witch hazel drops so I had padsicles that I had made like before I went into labor and then I also had um like all the spray and everything like that and that was I think that was so nice like doing that a couple times a day to like refresh Mm. and kind of like just have a real moment of like self-care and self-love in that um and like I healed so quickly like I was like my stitches healed really quickly like my midwife was really happy with how everything went by like I think it was probably like two weeks postpartum I started feeling real together if that makes yeah. sense, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I felt yeah. like, well, and stuff, I think I was, like, walk, I went, we went for our first walk, like, just, like, a real tiny walk around the neighborhood, just because I, like, I needed to be outside at, like, six or seven days postpartum, mm-hmm. and that was, like, nice, just, like, for my mental health, and everything yeah. like that, and then, like, yeah, the, my recovery was pretty quick in that sense, but, yeah, having yeah. those little things, it's um, one thing that I definitely recommend to new mums now is like buying those products and having those things ready so that you just have 
something that's all for you. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, awesome. And what about your feeding journey? So obviously you said like maybe it was going to be challenging um, and you weren't sure how it was going to go. So talk us through, yeah, how you went with feeding. Yeah, so we got him to like latch every day, but there was nothing coming out, like literally mm-hmm. nothing. And because also he was being formula fed, he didn't have like a big drive to really suck or really latch or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So there was obviously that playing into it. And then we got to like four days postpartum. Um, and my midwife came over and we talked about it and I like showed her my boobs and she was like, okay, like I think maybe like come to terms with the fact that maybe your milk might not come in like your nipples are really inverted so it'll be hard for them to be feeling stimulated mm. enough to produce milk and like it, it doesn't matter like you know like she was just like just prepare for that as something that might happen yeah. and then I like started getting real upset over it because obviously like I was like I just wanted to do it like I really wanted to breast breastfeed I just wanted like you know it's like it's a new experience something that you've never done before I really wanted yeah. to um so then like after she said that I was like real determined and started just like milking myself like a cow for an entire day like mm-hmm. I just pumped for so long that day and it hurt obviously it hurts so much mm-hmm. um and particularly like I feel like exp- like do you reckon or well, obviously I don't know because I obviously nugget didn't feed to get my milk started but I don't know, I feel like expressing was just, like, so... Or probably just more real painful because they were inverted, so I had to literally, mm. like, pull them all the way out for them to, like, yeah. function. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I did that, and then the next day I woke up and my bo- my milk had come in, my boobs were, like, massively engorged. I was like, yes, yeah, stoked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was just about, like, getting him to latch, and we got him to latch with nipple shields. He was started oh, yeah. latching, but then he was only latching on one of my boobs. Um, so then I was like real happy that that was happening, but then it was like trying to balance, making sure that he was latching, but then also like, mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to make it a stressful thing. So he was still formula feeding. And then we ended up getting a lactation consultant in and she was amazing. But then she showed me that, um, other position of breastfeeding where you've got them like on your lap pretty much and they're stacked <laughs> upright. And then, so then I was trying to do that and then she was like, yeah, and you need to be like feeding him during the night or pumping during the night to like keep your milk supply going and I was like okay so then I'm like trying all this stuff struggling to get him to latch during the night and like literally just could not pump during the night I was so Mm. tired when I was waking and like also I just wanted to be with him like for those night feeds like I don't want to be like getting Nick up to feed him and then me pumping or like me feeding him putting him down and then me pumping like I just didn't have the energy for it and I Mm. was hating pumping anyways so then, like, tried for a bit, and we could, like, breastfed him a decent amount in those first couple of weeks, and then it just started getting, like, my milk started going, like, supply started going down because I wasn't feeding during the night. I started just, like, overthinking the whole thing and getting, like, real upset. Yeah. And it was, like, just, it started, like, the moment it started taking away from my experience of, like, just being there with him and enjoying mm. the, like, newborn bliss, I was like, nah, I'm calling it. Like, I'm, we're just going to stop. Um I'm not gonna pump enough to I'm I'm not just gonna become like an exclusively pumping mum because yeah. I just feel like it took too it took way too much time. I didn't like my hands free pumps that we got. Mm. Um and I just like wanted him on me, you know, like I was like yeah. oh, if this has all worked perfectly and I'd been able to like 
he could latch consistently, then this would be different. But that's not really what's happening right now. And I wanted to make the call to, like, my number one priority was to enjoy the newborn stage with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we ended up making the call. And, like, I think also, like, a big part of it is the fact that I know that we want to have more kids. And I know, now that yeah. I know that I can breastfeed and that everybody, even though everybody told me that, like, inverted nipples, you just can't. Like, now that I know that I can, the next time will be so different. Yeah, yeah. You have more confidence and just know that, like, things are different for each and every person. Yeah, exactly. And I think next time I'll definitely, like, express way more before I go into labour so that my nipples Mm. are already out. Because I think that's, looking back on it, if I had just really hard out committed to expressing before I went into labour, it probably would have been a completely different experience. But expressing before you go into labour and before you have a baby in your hands is the weirdest thing. Like, it's so I know. Weird. It feels so weird to, like, touch your own boobs in that way. You're like, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> so, yeah. literally, it felt so weird, and I felt so yeah. weird doing it. But now, looking, like, now knowing with the next one, that, that's all I needed to do to have a waist cruisier yeah. breastfeeding journey. I know that I'll just do that with the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. And obviously, I know that you are in Melbourne. Yes. <laughs> so talk us through the decision to move there with a the newborn. Um, yeah, what has that been like? Um, it's actually been so fun. I kind of love it because we moved when Nugget was three weeks old. Um, yeah. And I, like it was pretty easy because like, on the flight and stuff, they just sleep so much. And like yeah. I used to be a flight attendant, so like being in an airport and being on a plane it, no like doesn't spike my stress responses so yeah, yeah. he I was really chill so he was really chill yeah. so that was nice and easy um and then yeah so we've moved the next job he got his dream job which has been so cool mm-hmm. um and we live in this like tiny little apartment in Melbourne city and it's so fun I think I kind of like it because like when you're a new mum everything is different like nothing feels mm-hmm. the same anyways like you can't just like up and go out like you could before or you can't you know like even like walk around your house like you could like we have it we back in Auckland we had this ridiculously just like lots of stairs and lots of rooms Mm. and it was just so hard to clean and so hard to manage and so hard to be at home with a newborn in because there was just too much space you know yeah yeah so I'm kind of loving just being in a whole new chapter um and like enjoying him and not having to share him at all. Like I don't have to go see anybody. We've got no lunches yeah. to be there. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like these first couple of weeks of it just being me and him in this little apartment have been so fun because I really feel like I've gotten to know him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've had nothing else to focus on, no nothing else to worry about, which has been like a, such a blessing um, yeah. for like a newborn journey. And I think like, we're looking at moving out of the city, but also like I'm kind of just enjoying this because I know it's a chapter. Like it's so yeah. so small, yeah. and like once he's like big enough to be walking, we're obviously not going to want to be in an apartment, and then we'll never be able to be really apartment people again. You know, like yeah. we'll probably have yeah, more yeah. kids, and we'll never have the option to live in like a tiny little studio apartment mm-hmm. and just be us. So it's kind of like it's yeah. such a cool little chapter for our family, and I know that we'll look back on it and be like, oh my god, how random was that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love that. And what about, like, from a mental health perspective and, like, it can be quite isolating sometimes having a new baby and, like, being on your own or, like, not having, um, you know, the village that you'd probably be used to in New Zealand. So how have you found your mental health with the move and just adjusting to mum life in general? Yeah, I think I've 
um, surprisingly good. Like I was prepared for it to be whatever it was. And me and my midwife yeah. talks a lot about um, postpartum depression and anxiety because yeah. I have a history with both of those things. So she was like, it is more likely to be a parent and, you know, people that have experienced it in the past. Yeah. So she was like, so like, what are we doing? How are we dealing with that? And so I was ready for it to be whatever it was. Um, and so I was really surprised that it was, I haven't really I haven't really felt like that like I I think I did the first couple of days I definitely felt that big hormone drop straight after like in those first couple of days postpartum this like really like just a weird feeling of like emptiness and like Mm. I think sometimes you feel like you should love them more than you do or that you should feel a certain way or anything like that Mm. Mm. but I think I I didn't feel like all these I didn't feel this massive like surge of like I was born to be a mother and I feel super connected to him like I just felt like this is cool right now like he's cool right now I like hanging out with him Mm. and it has just grown and I think that has been the biggest thing, especially with Melbourne. Like, I take it, like, one day at a time because I know it's just one day at a time. Like, I know that if I turn around tomorrow and was like, to Nick, I want to move home, and I'm not happy, he yeah. would be like, okay, well, we'll move home. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. having that security of knowing that nothing is permanent, like, everything is so fluid right now, I think has made me kind of enjoy it and not really feel like I'm missing out on anything as much. And also, like, yeah. lucky with, like, technology I call like I call Nick's mum like every day <laughs> just being like so yeah. he's looking a little bit different today like, <laughs> for like yeah. half an hour or something or I'll like I'll call my cousins or so I just like Aww. make more of an effort to reach out and connect but I also yeah. think like my whole pregnancy Aww. I was out so hello I was out <laughs> so much like I like there's PR events and I like through a charity event for my baby shower like I was so social and I networked heaps and I was connecting heaps and you know like I was around people so much that being here and not being around anyone has actually been kind of nice because it's been such a contrast to what I did during my pregnancy but I also think I've been doing things like journaling and making sure like Nick's real good at making sure that I go for like a walk by myself every day or go for a swim or go do something by myself so little things like that have made a real difference as well yeah yeah amazing and on the topic of Nick (laughs) how have you guys found like the adjustment to having a baby in your relationship and yeah I just feel like it's such a huge change so how have you guys navigated that huge like it's hard because you miss them so much like you know you're with them obviously because you're parenting with them but you miss them like you miss just being able to like like especially like being able to just like hug them without a baby being in between you or without having to like put the baby down and like like, especially sleeping when we first moved here was real tough Mm. getting Nugget real settled in his own cot like especially because like it was just obviously there was so much change for the little guy so he was like real clingy in those first couple of days so like transferring him from one of us into the cot was such a nightmare so it felt like by the time we finally would get him asleep in the cot we wouldn't want to cuddle or talk we'd just want to Mm. go to sleep like so it was hard it was real hard because we had to rely on like other forms of intimacy like like hugging or kissing or like talking heaps during the day, like messaging him while he's at work, but then he's starting a new job. So it has been real hard. And I think for a while we were letting the hard kind of get us, like just kind of accepting that it was shit. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. But then we started being like, no, we can't keep on accepting 
like this, mm. like we can do things to change. Mm. So we started make, making sure that we're having little date nights at home and also like trying to get him down more like earlier, like just getting real tough. Well, not tough with it, but like trying the transfer, even though it was probably not going to work and then just trying mm. again. Whereas like sometimes I feel like when you like know that they'll stay asleep on you at night, you just keep them on you for ages and transfer yeah. them when they're completely asleep, you know, like, yeah. So we just started being like, no, we need to be prioritizing having time in bed together awake for a bit before yeah. like we both go to sleep. So I was mm. doing things like that that massively helped. And we like started like making out way more, like kissing way more, like because we were like, we literally can't do this. So it's so hard to fit in intimacy postpartum. So we're yeah. like, okay, yeah. so we like kiss lots. <laughs> it's so funny. That we'll be like, do you want to make out? And I'll be like, I hate us, but yes, that's so really <laughs> Oh my god, it's actually funny. I feel like we did that after our first baby too. It was like going back to like teenage stage where you're like starting from the very start of intimacy again. <laughs> and it just it's, yeah, it's so funny. It so is, and I feel like literally me and Nick always say that it's like being teenagers again because we'll be like, "Is he asleep? Okay, I don't think he can hear us." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah amazing and is there anything that like a piece of advice or a product or I don't know anything that you would tell a new mum um that's listening to this podcast that yeah maybe a piece of advice or something that you would have wanted to know um I think like one of my favorite ones uh, I have two like my mother-in-law room I remember she told me that like I know she was like you know your baby better than anyone else like trust your instincts on it I loved that piece of advice but I think yeah. one that's really worked for me and Nick lately is my friend told me, like, try something different. Like, if it's not working, try something different. Like, don't get mm. stuck in a routine or anything like that. Like, they change every single day, like, so much when they're, like, fresh out the womb. So yeah. there's no point trying to stick to a routine or try to stick to, like, oh, I settle him like this. This is what works because it might not work tomorrow. So, like, be really yeah. fluid in the way that you approach it because that, that makes it so much – easier on your mindset and the amount of time yeah. that me and Nick have kind of done that when we've been struggling and then one of us has like thrown out a real a real weird idea that like we haven't done before but we'll both be like okay well fuck it like let's just <laughs> give it a go like worst thing yeah. that can happen is it doesn't work but yeah. right now this isn't working anyway <laughs> yeah yeah amazing that's a great piece of advice thank you and thank you so much Kirst for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us today I've really loved chatting with you and I know there's so many people waiting for your episode so I'll do my best to get it out as soon as, soon as I can I'm um, so excited no, grateful. oh no thank you so much for having me this has been so fun Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have enjoyed it. Cass is such a gem to speak to, so if you want to find her on social media, I'll make sure I include her TikTok and her Instagram in the show notes as well. Another reminder, if you're pregnant, make sure you go and check out your birth project. It will help you to create your best birth. And I will be back with another beautiful birth story for you next week. Thanks for tuning in, and we will talk soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. 
Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.